There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Walking Blind is hosted by overly emotional dudes who overthink and overanalyze everything. Nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. They're not professionals, and they're about to make that very clear. So just kick back and hang with them, because you've earned it. Now cue that music. Ready, Holmes? Yeah. Am I doing it? I think we're good. Right. Am I doing the intro? You want to do the intro? Sure. Ooh, he's getting more confident, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Let's hear it, dude. Welcome back to the Walking Blind Podcast. I'm Mike. This is Mike. Uh, episode 10. We made it. We've done it. We did it. This is a milestone for us. Um, we're doing it. I'm excited. I actually didn't even realize it was episode 10 today until you said episode 10. Because the whole time I was thinking that our, our Spider-Man episode last week with Ty and Daniel was episode 8. And then when I uploaded it, I was like, oh, that was episode 9. That's right. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Episode 10. We're doing it for <clears throat> reals. It's, uh, it's been an interesting day. I feel like we did a lot, but we didn't do much at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um... We got coffee, which is what we tend to do. Uh, this time we had our buddy Andrew with us. Was, um, Mike, myself, Martin, and Andrew. Mm-hmm. We got coffee. Then we went and got. Uh, we went to Olivia's, which is one of Riverside's precious, precious gems. Precious gems. One of the finest. Yeah. Uh, 
if you're in, if you're, this episode is not sponsored by Olivia's, but if you're in the mood for phenomenal Mexican food, make sure you check that out. Olivia's on the corner of Van Buren and Magnolia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then what else? We, then uh, I went home. Actually, anything I told you guys, <laughs> I saw. I I was home in my. Um, Your brother was there. Brother was there, dude. I should just go into the first. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's start here. So, um, last night we uh, we we partied a bit, and uh, last night was um, a nice little invite only private show for a burner state for burner state. Uh, Mike's punk rock band. So we went and hung out at um, at Union. Barber and Beer Lounge. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brandon. Shout out to the whole family over there. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> so we uh, we we had a moment, and and the reason we're telling this first is because I want to tie this into our mental health check. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Mike, I, I kind of I I want Mike to explain it from his perspective because I want you guys to feel the hurt that Mike felt <laughs> last Dude, night. My soul left my body. What happened? <laughs> So, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, I have a brother, and my brother and I are almost six years apart. We're five years apart, but we're almost six years. Yeah. And um, and he is older. I'm the younger brother by almost six years. <laughs> so, I see, I, you know, we just finished playing. Um, uh, my, I, my voice went out. Uh, like two songs before we finished our set. And uh, yeah, my voice went out two, two songs before we finished the set. And so um, I was already a little beaten down. <laughs> I was a little, already a little, you know. And so I see my brother, so I go, I go to say what's up to my brother. I guess we, but we should explain though, the, the reason that your voice went out was. I, I, I was pushing way too hard. Yeah, there's, there's. When it comes to like performing, and especially if, if there's singers out there, if there's any vocalists of any kind, you know how really important it is to be able to hear yourself. And when you're playing in small spaces or you're playing in places that aren't really technically designed for um, live music, but you kind of, we just, we just make it work, yeah. you know? Um, and you can't hear yourself, there's a tendency to push harder than you should or to overexert yourself. And... and yeah. And if we're being honest, like I knew pretty <clears throat> quickly that I was pushing really hard, but I also felt really good. Like if I, I was like, I think I can do this. Like I think I can, I can stay, you know, I can stay at this and, and finish the set like this. Uh, but I did not. Wheels fell off uh, second to last song. And then um, so anyway, so that happened. And then uh, so I'm walking over to my brother and he's 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 there talking with uh, our buddies, Jesse and Andrew, were you there too? Mm-hmm. And Mike, Mike, Mike witnessed this. Uh, so we get there, and then you know, like we we uh, I think we were introducing my brother to Jesse. Yes. And so we so we were introducing them, and Jesse says, "Mike, what, how does it feel?" Oh wait, he looked at Mario. He looked at my brother, and he said. Uh, how does it feel to see like your future? Yeah. He said, this is what you have to look forward to. Yeah. 
Jesse said that to my brother, talking about me as if I was the older brother. <laughs> oh, dude. So that sparked the debate that we, you know, for those of you that were just on the live with us, and then, um, and and for those of you that <clears throat> have known Mike for any number of years, Mike always talks about wanting to color his hair. Yeah. I keep telling him, don't do it. Embrace the gray. It's a good look. He keeps telling me that he wants to do uh, Just For Men box dye. And it's going to be jet black. And he's going <laughs> to. I'm not going to do jet black. <laughs> I'm going to dye. People, you won't even know. People won't even notice. But yeah, I want to dye my hair because of comments like that. Um, I don't know. I kind of like would like to start like dating. And stuff. <laughs> I feel like that. I would like to do that. I feel like that will help. Do you, do you think that coloring your hair will help your dating life? I don't know. No. It won't. I don't think not any <laughs> not and I don't mean this in in any way towards you, but I don't think that like uh, that's the problem. <laughs> I don't think the gray hairs in general are 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 a big concern anymore. I I actually think it's in fashion to have the uh, salt and pepper look. I think it's just I think people just say that people are trying to color their hair to look like yours. <laughs> Unconvinced. I don't, I don't He's unconvinced, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, anyways, that being said, then uh, let's do the MPHC, or as we like to call it, the Mike Perez health check. <laughs> um, where are you at? Health check. Uh, well, I'm currently really tired. I'm I I am I'm stressed because I'm trying to I'm looking into master programs for school. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. Um. And, uh, and so, and like, yeah, and my work situation is changing, but that'll think that'll be a positive thing for me. Um, but as, as at the moment, it's still a big stress for me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been, I've been pretty stressed out. Uh, yesterday was, was nice for, you know, being able to like to play and like getting rid of all that energy. And I think even just the basic idea of having a Saturday night off. That's true. And getting to like hang out with friends and, and not stuff, have to worry. And not have to worry, you know. That actually was pretty cool. This is like my, this is only my second Saturday night off since I started working there almost six months ago. So, but yeah, it was cool. Last night was fun, much needed. Today was cool. Today was nice. Like we said, did all the coffee, Mexican food. Uh, I got to see my family. Uh, we were actually watching the Raider game. I mean, the Ram, Raider game, the Ram game. I kind of figured when you were like, I, I walked in the house and my brother and my dad were watching the football game. <laughs> so I literally walk into the house. Walk into the house. My brother and my dad sit on the couch. The first thing that comes out of my brother's mouth is he goes, he goes, hey, what is it? Hey. Hey, hey, Mikey, come, come, come over here. I, I want to show Dad what, what I look, what I have to look forward to. <laughs> and I, and I, flipped off, I flipped off my pastor brother. <laughs> That's a man of the Lord. Man of the Lord's got jokes. He's my, he's my brother first. So I, can, <laughs> I can do that. Um, so anyway, so yeah. So that, to tie that all in, uh, yeah, mentally, yeah, it's been rough. But, but ways to, things that have been... I've been able to use to help me through it was I got to use music perform uh, today actually driving driving here uh, I listened to the new comeback kid record and mm. I blasted it. it I mean I love that band it's so good so it just felt good 
Yeah. And then, and then uh, I took that feel good feeling into Mike's house where they were watching paranormal videos that <laughs> killed that right away. <laughs> and I went into my scared mode. Um, when uh, f- so now so when we watch these these videos, the parent like we, they were watching paranormal like uh, like you know scariest TikTok scariest. YouTube things, things caught on camera. Like real things caught on camera, yeah. you know. Are they, you know. So, and that's my <laughs> attitude. That's my attitude towards it. Like, that's my way of, like, dealing with it. So, like, anytime I see something, I'm, I'm going to be like, I mean, I was like, there could be there could be someone back there pushing the door. Or someone you could have threw it and they're off camera. Or you or you, you can do that with, like, string. Like, you can put string on that and do it. Like, so I say that throughout the. Uh, there were a couple that, that there weren't really explanations for, yeah. though, you know. A few that uh, the that doll one, yeah, that's uh, yeah, not, I'm not a fan. So, for those of you that don't know, I think we've t- kind of touched on this, but Mike is not a fan of anything um, supernatural or horror related or anything of the fact, um, even like movies with demons and monsters and TV shows and stuff. He's just, it's it scares him, it scares him, so we make it a point. To pull him out of his comfort zone almost every time we hang out with him. <laughs> uh, it's fun that way. <clears throat> I do my best to try to ruin everyone's time by being the guy that's like, there's it's string. Yeah. It's string. Somebody's <laughs> underneath that uh, moving the head of the doll. Why did they have the camera there in the first place? Like, why <laughs> why were they videotaping that? The one, the guy on the couch? Yeah. That yeah. one, I don't believe that one. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. The the doll though looking at that one I ugh. nightmares anyway <laughs> how so, was uh, huh go ahead I was gonna say how was how was your I'm health? I'm all right I'm tired um better news this week yeah yesterday yesterday we definitely were on like a yeah we we had a really we had a great time last night we I mean. I came home and just cr- like completely crashed. And then I just felt like I didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I mean, things have been slowly starting to fall into place. I definitely, um, <clears throat> there's still, there's still a lot of stress going on. Like we have, um, I, I have a record essentially to finish right now that is going to be the focus over the next couple weeks. Um, and then I was just playing catch up on a lot of work, a lot of voiceover stuff, um, that I had put off because one, I had gotten sick and then my cousin got married and then, you know, we were all over the place. Everything was busy. So it's just kind of playing catch up on everything and getting everything back in order. But overall, good. feel good. Starting. I finally feel like better, almost a hundred percent. I'm still kind of, it's that weird, like lingering cold that just won't go away um negative for covid antigen test pcr test all that stuff nothing no covid there but um yeah when i don't sleep well my allergies become very uh like i have allergies right now yeah so that's what that is it's not it's not covid (laughs) sadly it's not covid yeah and then other than that uh i well I, i i am a little little stressed out because I do have them working on my roof mm. and that's a nice little $10,000 um, expense. <laughs> uh, so that's, 
but it'll allow you to do other things that you need to get done. True. Yeah. So, uh, when I got this house, when I bought this house, I mean, it's a, it's a tiny little place, but it's me and two dogs, you know? And the idea was like, Oh, let's get this place. And kind of like a lot of it was already done, but there's still work that could be done to make this place like way cooler essentially. Um, so the idea was like renovate the kitchen, you know, get everything dialed in. And the, I was actually getting ready to make moves on the kitchen, like right behind us where we're at. There's like a wall that's kind of unnecessary. <laughs> it's it's not even weight. Like you can throw stuff over the wall into the kitchen. Okay. So like it's, yeah, it's pointless. But um, before I was going to work on that and make moves on that, I started realizing that there were a couple spots where there were like leaks in the ceiling. And Southern California, it doesn't really rain here. But when it does, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I just need to take care of this. Um, yeah, so it's definitely one of those things that needs to be done first so that we can start doing more renovation and more projects, um, with the end goal, I think, I I think I've finally, you know, made the decision that once the kitchen is done, once the house is done, we're going to, um, build like a, like an extension, like a studio space in the back, like a detached studio space in the backyard, which will, where we're going to move the podcast to, we're going to move, you know, kind of like the whole little studio space out there. Um, <clears throat> so that's going to take some time, but I think it's a better investment than us. Find, better a, place. find a place and rent out a place and everything like that. So, yeah. <clears throat> it's exciting. The plans we have guys, it's going to be, it's going to be dope. Yeah. So keep rocking with us because we want this. I mean, we have fun doing this show. We want you guys to have fun with the show and we want to kind of, build this as much as possible yeah oh quality is gonna get so much better guys yeah production values and go up yeah pretty soon we'll we'll have multiple camera angles mm-hmm. um if intern harry would um <laughs> show up to do his job we had a we had a conversation about this just the other night and uh he was like yeah man you know i'm gonna come by and uh yeah i, I really want to be there and no intern harry tonight <laughs> <laughs> it's all right we'll get him it's all right um so so uh, would you say like, when you're the vocals that you're recording this week, is that going to be kind of like um, something that's going to be helpful for you mentally or is that something that's going to add some stress to your life? It's going to be a little bit of both, to be honest. But, um, you know, last night, me and you and I had talked and then Kelly was talking to us as well. And then you, you kind of said it like best, like I think with this project and with this new band, like... Um, figuring out how I was going to do the vocals, like finding my scream was a little bit different Mm -hmm. because um, there's definitely like, like, yeah, it's still a hardcore band. It's still heavy. It's still, you know, everything that my previous band was, but it's also different at the same time because it's a little more, like it's it's just more straight up hardcore. More straight up hardcore, and it's more like I, I actually. Hey, I'm so sorry, I got my nose. It's cool. <laughs> I actually like approach this like more angry, if that makes sense. So angry, anger, angry is better than tough. <laughs> at least in this case, for both of us. <clears throat> so while Mike has his um, full on allergy attack and has to go blow his nose, we can go ahead and pull up questions that we're going to be uh going over because we have a ton we got on live well mike got on live 
And before before we uh, go too in depth into that, I want you guys to know this: <clears throat> every time that you see Mike on a live stream or you see him setting up his phone, just know it takes about thirty eight minutes for him. <laughs> it takes about thirty eight minutes for him to um, find the right angle and then lock in the lighting. And then make sure that like he's he's got it perfectly trained on him so that um, so that he looks good in the lives. So I have to look good in the lives. <clears throat> I gotta. I, I want you guys to know that like when, whenever he does this, whenever he gets on the uh, on the live stream, he does a lot of work for you guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work <laughs> to make sure he's presentable, to make sure the backgrounds you know look good, everything looks nice around him. Lit. Yeah, everything's nicely lit. His beautiful hair is gray hair framed in in the screen. I got to Maybe I should just get like a filter. <clears throat> Makes my hair look darker. Don't you have a go-to filter already? Mm-hmm. Do you, I? I don't know. Do you? I thought you had a go-to filter that you use every time. Oh no, I'm well. Not go-to. <laughs> I will straight up. Okay, I don't care how vain this makes you sound. I will look for like a filter that makes me look less gray. You you really do? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh. I actually, I am the opposite and I try and do as much as possible without a filter at all. Like the only, the, it, like if I, if I have something and I look bad, I'll just go black and gray. <laughs> Otherwise I just, I, yeah, no filters. It's all me, baby. All now, Although I do all. find angles that make me look less fat. That's well, I mean, yeah, yeah. we gotta, we all gotta, <clears throat> the MySpace angles. <laughs> Oh man, yes. All right, so question time. So are, are we going to do a full question episode? Is that what we want to do? Yeah, question. Well, I think what's cool is that there's questions and there's some like stories that we can tell. Yeah. <clears throat> like All right. Tattoo and stuff. So we uh, we do have a bunch of questions. Now we got these from the live. So if I didn't get your question word for word, I apologize. But we tried to get it as accurate as possible. <clears throat> so let's start with questions from Brad. So. And Brad's, <laughs> Brad asked a lot, so we're gonna uh, we're you. not gonna ask all of Brad's questions back to back. We'll kind of jump back and forth. But he asked, uh, "How do you balance the band life as friends and professionals? Like between us, or is that? I don't, I don't know. I, should have asked, uh-huh. <clears throat> I I think it's or just in, in general, like friends. Maybe maybe he's talking about the dynamic between bandmates." band members like how do you balance the band life between let's say you martin daniel tron Mm. versus you know um i mean professional i mean i think we always try to see each other's friends you know i think i feel like the professional thing comes in like last like at any time like i feel like anytime you're like when we hang out we hang out as friends like it's it's fun um you know, like back, you know, like even like back when we were like still touring, like, like Christian would have barbecues at his house and yeah. we all, we would all go, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think now it's just different because we all live in different spots, you know? So it's, I don't see the guys as often, but like, you know, there's a, there is an MBR group chat that we have and, you know, usually, you know, obviously the last couple of months we've had actual things to, t- to talk about as far as, you know, music goes. But, you know, every now and then we'll post, you know, if someone has a cool something happen at, you know, their job or they got a new job or, 
Um, I don't know. Damn, I don't know. My eyes are so bad right now. <laughs> but uh, apologize if anyone's seen this on video. It's very few of you do. <laughs> but uh, I think I think we keep it. I think it's more fr- it's more friends than it ever really is professional. I think. <clears throat> I think. I think re- realistically, like you're you're in a band. Most of you guys were friends already, anyways, or you yeah. became friends before they became part of the band type deal. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> it's it's kind of one of those things where like. And let's be real here. Unless you're playing in a band that's like a full-time paying your bills, like if you're full-time living on the road, then, then is when it becomes more of like a a conversation about like being professionals. Yeah. Um, you know, because at that point, everybody's livelihoods rely on this band and rely on, you know, booking the next tour, um, merch sales, you know, decisions need to be made that, completely affect you guys' livelihood. At this point, with, I mean, I'm not in a band at all that, that affects my livelihood. <clears throat> with you guys, it's more of like, you know, this is kind of turned back into like a passion project because you guys all have your own lives outside of the band. Yeah. You know? Even with, uh, we have our buddy Matt filling in for us and, you know, we had the, we had a, it's funny, we, we like talked about pay and like none of us really thought about that. Then it's like, oh yeah, we should probably, we should probably figure out, try pay him for helping us out and stuff. But at the same time, it's like I'm excited just to hang out with him because I haven't seen him forever. It's uh, it's Matt is a buddy of ours that we've known for years because we we toured together uh, in other bands. And uh, I mean, he stayed at my house, and I'm like stoked about that that I get to hang out with them. So yeah, friends, friends, friendship, oh. friends, friends first, friends first, professionals later. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, and then Brad also asked, and I think I worded this completely wrong. How does finding motivation to stay positive um, happen both in performing and talking to fans when the days are hard? So how does so like basically like how are you? How do you stay like when your days are tough? How do you stay positive performing and um, talking to fans essentially before after shows? On lives, whatever the case may be. Well, positivity is a choice. So I always start with that. Like, you got. I feel like I have to choose to 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 do it, even when I don't feel it. I'm choosing to feel to. I'm choosing to look at things <clears throat> positively, even though, even if I don't believe it or I don't want to, I'm still choosing to do it. It makes it hard. Sometimes days are easier. Th- some some days are easier than others. Um, another, th- another thing too, like, I think I'm pretty good at leaving things at the door and being, being what I need to be for the job. And so I took that with sports, you know, I always showed up as, as a, as a player and as a coach, you know, when it's practice time, I, I'm there for, for baseball. Like that's what it is. Um, for band stuff, band stuff on tour is hard. Cause it's like, you're literally living next to your bandmates and stuff. So it's hard to like put on a happy face when you're not feeling it. Um, but as far as like talking to, to people after the show or before the show, like I could, I can, I can put my stuff aside so I could be there for them. Right. And, uh, and so I feel like I've, you know, and like something with my, my, my work, you know, obviously I'm going through stuff, but when I'm there and once I clock in, I'm there for work and I can, I can focus on the task at hand. 
And then when I get off, I can go back to being, you know, upset or whatever I'm feeling. Um, and then I guess this is kind of like my question to kind of add on to that. Like, how how do you continue to, to keep things positive? Like, what do you do to keep things positive, especially when, um, you know, you've become the person that everybody goes to, right? Because there's definitely trying to find that balance between, you know, I mean, like I know in the case of me and you, like we have this show, but like at the same time, like we kind of therapize each <laughs> other. Um, but like what, you know, how do you, how do you continue um, making that choice to stay positive when, um, you know, when everybody's kind of coming to you for, advice or for help or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, um, <clears throat> how do you continue to maintain that, especially when things might be tough for you? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just hard. I mean, it, it's hard. There's, you know, uh, you know, last couple months have been pretty difficult and I'm still trying <clears throat> to be there for people as best they can. Um, I don't know. Again, it's just like a choice, you know, and I feel like I feel like I, you know, I, genu I genuinely like helping people. And so if somebody's like, it's a big deal if somebody comes to me in the first place. Right. And so that always, that always, uh, that always, I guess, like makes it easier to, to want to be positive for them or help them be positive or help them see the positive things. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at like, I'm pretty realistic and I'm pretty good at seeing things for what they are. And right. so even if something's bad, I can be like, that's bad. Like that sucks. Yeah. You know, but then being able to do that, it also really, because like, when you, when you, I think when you, when you can address something honestly and you, and for what it, for what it is, then you can really, then you can start to scrape away what it's not. And you can start to like be like, okay, well, okay, maybe this isn't the worst case scenario. Then if this is what happened, you know, and then from there, it's easier. I feel, I feel like to try to find any kind of, you know, silver lining or any positivity to pull from it. So um, I don't know. I feel like I think I'm just I just, you know, again, it goes back to choosing. I choose to be I choose my I choose to try to see things positively. And I really do feel like um, when you're real about something and you can see the like, you know, if it's a bad situation, you can see it as it's a bad situation. I think it's easy to kind of like, or not easy, but you're able to pull positives from it, um, you know, or just encourage, I don't know. I, I, you know, even if something's bad and I can't give them anything good, like I have right. no, no advice, I just, all thing I can do is encourage them to like, you know, keep like hanging there and like keep trying to find things that'll uh, help them deal with what they're going through or, um, or just like keep, keep offering to be like, Hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this like tonight, or let's talk about this tomorrow too. You know, like that's yeah. You know, I don't know different different things. What about for you? Because I know people 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 come to you for because you're like Mike and I. We have the same circle of friends, but we also have like obviously our, like our our other little circles. And I know Mike's the dude that people go to. Um, yeah, it's it's for me. It's it's more of like um, I mean, I I completely agree with you. Like it keeping positive and, and having that like frame of mind and mentality is definitely a choice. Like, you know, you have to be thinking <clears throat> positively in order to 
kind of maintain that. Um, I think for me more than anything is that like, I'm like, I'm very blunt and straight to the point, but I'm also like, I'm really good at just sitting. I've learned to be, I wasn't always this way, but I've learned to be good at list, just listening. Like I sometimes, and, and it happens especially quite a bit, like, especially in my job too. Like my job is now is I'm a, I'm a trainer and it's in a healthcare setting. And there's a lot of people that like, you know, we, we have classes where we talk about customer service and just talking to patients and talking to, um, you know, people that are, you know, calling in. And one of the big things to understand is that like, sometimes people just need like to validate their feelings and to validate their emotions and they just need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of the, you know, big things that, that we try and convey to somebody who is in training or new is that like, Hey, sometimes people are going to come at you. Sometimes people are going to come at you negatively. Sometimes they're going to come at you, um, emotionally. Sometimes they're going to come at you like from every different like aspect. Um, but what you've got to remember is like, it's not personal because people are dealing with, people have, you know, different ways of coping, different ways of dealing with things. And so you kind of just, you, you have to just kind of take the time to listen and take the time to just try and understand and be empathetic to somebody's situation. Um, so, you know, for me, like I, I try and stay as positive as possible. I have my moments where I'm like, I have little mini meltdowns that I, I tend to freak out. But for the most part, like, yeah, like you have to just make that decision to be positive. And <clears throat> I just listen as much as possible. Um, one thing that I used to do a lot was I would, I would think that people were coming to me literally f- like for advice. And so I would try and just give advice as much as I could. And then I realized that sometimes that's not, that's, it's like, you know, I, you don't always have to have an answer. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Hope that, I hope that answers it. <laughs> I think so. Good question. So let's jump over to, uh, was it Marie mm-hmm. who asked, are there any fun touring stories? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, th- so we, we got to, that's a tough question because there's a lot of fun touring stories. There's yeah, we need. It's like whenever people ask me this, I always have to say like I need, I need you to be as like specific as you can about something like uh, what's the best like what's a tour story from you know like yeah, you know at the show at a party, uh, you know at a while traveling or you know what I mean like I because there's so yeah. much to pull from, there's so much, uh. Oh my gosh. I can actually, <laughs> I do have, so there's one story that I, I know we can tell because there's video of it. <laughs> um, and, and it's not necessarily a tour story. It was actually, well, it was tour for you guys. For us, it was, we played the local shows and then we were home, but we were actually at my house at a party. It was the uh, Destruction of a Rose tour. It was us, you guys, Destruction of a Rose. And, um, the magician showed oh, up to my yeah. house. There's actually, if you look, if you look up the NBR destruction of a rose tour video, <clears throat> um, <laughs> all of us played at this spot in Riverside, which is no longer there. Um, called red, red planet records. I think it was red. Was planet? That what it was? I think so. 
And they had this tiny little stage and like, you know, any show there looked packed because it was such a small place. Mm. And I remember, (laughs) I remember us breaking the stage. Like we broke a hole in the stage because it was like plywood. (laughs) And the more bands that played, the worse it got. So that by the time, like, I think you guys play, because I think you guys headlined that show, there was just a hole that everybody had to play around and whatever we may do. And then we went back to the house and had one of those nights where we're just like, Hey, everybody's home. We're going to have a nice little party, like nice little house party. And, um, randomly, uh, there's a magician at the house and this guy's doing like card tricks and he's doing like all this, these, these crazy, like it would be like, yeah, he'd, he'd tell you to pull a card and then he'd be like, is this your card? No. Is this your card? No. Is this your card? No. Like, really? It's none of those three cards? And then the three cards that were on the table, turns out it's one of those cards or some other weird stuff where he'd be like, oh, man, I get, maybe maybe we lost it or maybe it's outside. And there'd be like a card <laughs> on the outside of the sliding glass door in the, in the backyard. Um, sure, it's on your pocket. Yeah. Like, what? And there's also, if you guys really want to go back, there's... there's um, it's a it's a telling video of the time because I have really bad facial hair. Martin has really bad hair. He had the <laughs> the mullet at the time. Um, <clears throat> I was wearing a deep V, a deep NBR V neck with yes. the gold print. Oh my gosh, the floral print! <laughs> one of my one of my joys is when uh, little Jesus makes my. Well, he'll just randomly text me and be like, "Hey, do you remember when Martin used to wear fedoras?" <laughs> It's always about Martin. He'll just tell me like, "Hey, do you remember when Martin used to wear fake fake glasses?" That'll just be like what he'll text me, like nothing. Just the else. most random text. Yeah, no, nothing like like how you doing, nothing. And then like I respond, and then he won't say anything. <laughs> but uh, um, tour story, man. Jeez, I'm trying to think of one that like won't do anyone that won't get anybody in trouble. I mean, I guess there's like, there's warp Tour stories that are pretty tame. Actually, I'll, I'll say one. So, and I don't think this is, this is I mean, I'm going to say the, the band, that bands are involved, but I don't think this is a bad thing. Um, we were at a, it was when we were on tour with 100th and uh, Kills and Thrills, I think. Yeah. And then um, someone else. But anyway, we were. We're, you know, we we're, we're, we had just, you know, played the show and we were staying at this, it was like a big property, like a big house. And it was just a kind of wild night. I don't know how, but one of the dudes from 100th had a taser. Okay. Like, a, I don't Like know, a real taser or like a, a real taser. Okay. And like, I don't think they just, I don't think it was <clears throat> theirs. I think they just like found it at the house and then they're just like going around tasing people. <laughs> and like. I remember I got so mad. Like it was funny because half you know people were like you could tase like oh that hurt. ha ha ha, dude. I was pissed because I got tased in the leg and it hurt so bad. Um, Were you wearing shorts or pants? No, I was wearing pants and oh. still hurt. Um, but anyway, that was kind of and then we all got kicked out of that house. It wasn't the tasers though. I think I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think of what caused that. But anyway, yeah. So there was a night where we all got tased pretty much, and it was. It was the douche. It was a. Uh, what was it from Hundredth? Might have been Andy. Anyway, but yeah, Hundredth tasered us. <laughs> That's fun. I have a 
<clears throat> Maybe I shouldn't tell that story. No, I can tell that story. It's about me. Um, so I, when we were on when we were on Warp Tour, uh, or when I was on Warp Tour, I was um, I was uh, dating a girl at the time, um, and I remember there was one night where we were in Florida, and um, <clears throat> one of the bands that we were with, their um, producer for all the records that that they had done was in town and showed up and um, showed up with a tray of bubble hash brownies, right? So mind you, like this is back in the day when I used to partake in the, the devil's lettuce. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like bubble hash brownies, not a big deal, right? And so the, I, I go to get on the bus and they're like, hey, try these out. And they're like, but just take a spoonful. It's not that that hard you know it's not it's it's strong whatever and i was like okay cool so i took a little little plastic spoonful and i was like oh this is nothing so i took two right <laughs> <clears throat> so i go about the day and like i you know i'm on doing whatever i need to do and then we had um an early bus call that night <clears throat> so i told my girlfriend at the time who was home said hey uh we have an early bus call so like i'm gonna um you know once we get on the road and get moving I'll throw some headphones on. And I'll like we'll we'll um, FaceTime each other, mm. right? So <clears throat> I'm we're on the back of the bus. We had just gotten started, and we were watching Seinfeld in the back <laughs> in the back lounge. And then um, you know a few of us are all hanging out and talking. And then um, like like that, it's four hours later. <laughs> like I <laughs> I just I passed out. Like I just completely fell asleep. I woke up to like 30 text messages like and, it, and mind you this was a Friday night uh, it was a Friday night and I was getting like I stayed home on a Friday night to talk to you and now you're not even answering your fucking phone like I was getting cussed out like just text after text after text after text and I was just like oh my god and I was like and I was just and I woke up in like in the lounge my phone had fallen on the floor so I didn't even feel it going off and we had been asleep so long that Seinfeld had played all the way through on the DVD, and it was just on that, <laughs> that the main DVD menu, like the baseline, yeah. And it, like it was just it was just looping on the baseline over and over and over again. And I was like, oh no! So I I went to go get into my bunk, and I was just like I couldn't even. I had a top bunk. I couldn't even climb up into my bunk. I was just so like out of it that I tried to jump up on my bunk and I fell. And then I had to climb back up again. And then I like eventually got on FaceTime. I was like, I'm so sorry. We didn't have reception. <laughs> service. And she, she knows this story by now, but still I was like, Oh my, my bad. <laughs> we were just, there's no, there's no service out there in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Not, not my finest hour, but you know, it happens. We'll go. We'll go to the next question because I feel like I feel like I need. I that was my bad because when she, when that saw that question, I was like thinking. I was like, oh, okay. Should be more know. specific. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, I'll have time to think of something, and then I just didn't <clears> think about anything at all. Um. All right. So more questions from Brad. How does the stress and strain? How does the stress and strain on you impact your faith or mental health, and what do you do to find your peace? I think how does the stress think, and strain on tour impact? A tour, there you go. Yeah. 
autocorrect. So how does the stress and strain on tour impact your faith or mental health? And what do you do to find your peace? Uh, so for on tour, so, um, every, like my, uh, my faith was definitely always, um, <clears throat> it, it always took a hit. My mental health took a hit on tour. Um, I don't know. I like, I, I pray a lot in general, but on tour, I definitely like pray a lot. Um, that was kind of one of the, one of the ways that kind of helped me get peace again. Um, you know, sometimes I would watch, especially towards like the last years of my touring. Sometimes I'd watch like a, like a, like not necessarily a sermon, but just like watching like talks, you know, definitely like that had to do with, uh, I don't know, different, different things about, um, I don't know, I guess, how do I explain it? Like different aspects of like the Bible or like, uh, stories of the Bible, like broken down differently. Um, so, I mean, that was one of the ways I kind of like would help, like that would help me with my personal like faith. I'd have to go look for things. Cause I'm not, I'm not somebody that will just like, just read the Bible, just read the Bible. Um, if I do read it, I have to have like, I, it's cause I'm like looking for like a specific thing that I want to have, like, like something in my life that's going on. I want to find more clarity. So I'll like, I'll look for it in that way. But other than that, um, I don't know. Uh, I'll call my brother. Sometimes I'll ask him for like just like anything he can send me positively, any passages that he thinks will help. Um, Your younger brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've also uh, there's a couple guys like from other bands that I would reach out to also for like faith stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, but for mental health, I mean, that, that took a huge hit on tour, um, especially cause I didn't really know how to like protect myself from a lot of what I was hearing. Um, and so what I would do to find peace, I don't know. I would just, I would just try to find different things. Like, like for me, a lot of how I would deal with stuff on tour would be to get away and, uh, you know, like, or just like little moments of like walking, walking to go get coffee somewhere or like. Um, you know, sitting in the van by myself for four doors or something. Um, you know, uh, I had different things. Like I had, uh, I had the, uh, what was that? The, I had the Marvel comic book app on my phone. Mm-hmm. And that was like really helpful for me. Um, I played fantasy baseball. So depending on what time of the se- what time of the year it was, I had fantasy baseball to kind of keep my mind busy and kind of like bring me back down, decompress me. Um, and so, sometimes also it's like it was, was something that was kind of cool and I always felt like it was such a good timing was like when I felt overwhelmed sometimes I felt like I would always run into somebody like from a different band from one of the bands on tour and that we could have like a talk and we could like both kind of like decompress you know and it was I always felt like those would come at a good time you know because you'd want to make that good like make that connection with someone on the tour that you maybe either didn't know that well yet you know or uh or an old friend, and you just and you kind of go and catch up, and it really kind of takes your mind out of, you know, whatever, whatever's you know eating at you or or stressing you out. So, yeah, I don't know. I found different. I, I found it. In, I found it in different ways on tour. Uh, that kind of would bring me back to somewhat, like to some kind of peace. 
Um, <clears throat> okay. I mean, I yeah, I don't, I beyond I don't really have much to say on that topic <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. I but I will say that like I think that um, touring, touring, and keeping like your uh, mental health and peace and stuff like that got easier. Um, for me, anyways, with um, <laughs> this sounds so dumb, but like got easier with like unlimited data on cell phones and stuff like that right that was helpful because because then you can really start like you can watch the things that kind yeah. of you know that you can go into your own comfort zone or you could zone out or you could listen you like stream music non-stop without having to worry about like oh my god how am i going to pay for the bill for this you yeah. know that's so funny this is kind of a, a a joke but not really but it's like i remember you know our earlier tours having to still use maps or like pronounce stuff yeah. You know, before we had like an actual like uh, GPS. You'd have to map quest. A different or, GPS yeah. that's not on your phone. The Garmin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had, yeah. We had yeah. a TomTom, Tom, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That was a. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was. That, I, remember, I remember like, uh, I always I I mixed it up, but I think it was when Jason quit. And I think when he quit, he took his time. Or maybe it was Chris. No, it was Chris. Is it Chris? Yeah. Chris, when Chris quit, he took his Tom Tom, and we were like screwed. <laughs> we had to like print out stuff, and then until we finally bought one. Yeah, the to to think like, and this this is gonna date us and make us sound super old, but to think that like now you can do all of that on your phone, yeah, everything is like mind blowing to me. Itineraries, like everything, <clears throat> you can just send. You know, you, I'm sure you can do like Google Google Docs that people can all just log into. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, as opposed to having an actual like tour book, yeah, that people don't probably read. <laughs> the yeah. binder, the binder. binder that had all the stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> all right. So another question from Brad: How do you notice the glory days when you're in them? How do you cherish them and make sure you get the most out of them? So for me, I think it was hard for me to really uh, like know that I was in them. Cause I've always felt like I was trying to get to the next spot. Like I was always chasing the carrot. I felt like in my head, like I was never, I never felt like, like, uh, never felt complacent at where we, where we were at or anything like that. Like I never felt like, oh, okay, this is, we're in a good spot now. It was always like, this is cool, but we gotta, we gotta keep, keep working and pushing hard so that we get, you know, to this spot. So, uh, I wasn't very good at that on tour. Um, recognizing like what would be like glory days, I guess, on tour. Like, um, because even when that was even like at the like when we were doing our biggest tours, I was still I was probably the most stressed I've probably ever been, just because I was starting to I was talking to more people, um, and then just a lot of stuff with my own mental health. But um, there's also something to say about like as the tours get better and as the band grows, there's bigger sets of problems. Yeah and bigger things that come with it. <clears throat> Were you ever a fan of The Office? Uh, no. I mean, I'm, I don't not like The Office, but I was never, like, big into it. There's that... A couple episodes. It, it reminds me of that clip where um, Andy, Ed Helms' character, uh, said something along the lines of, like, I wish, I wish there was a way... I wish to, there was a way to know that you were in the good old days before they're gone, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, 
or I wish there was a way. I wish there was a way you knew you were in the good old days before there, before you're out of them or something like that. But I just remember it just being so like poignant and yeah. so like, oh wow, like, yeah, damn. that's facts. It's it's. I think the glory days are are considered the glory days for a reason, right? Like you look back and you go, wow, this was, you know, this was great. I jokingly um, like to say like, oh, that's when I was fun. <laughs> Um, I think that you just have to, uh, this, and this sounds cheesy, but you just have to kind of live your life. Like, you know, like today is going to be your best day. You know what I mean? Like, and keep like when we talked about being positive and stuff, like even something as simple as like, I, I don't like to leave the house without getting dressed. Right. Like you're, you're not, if I leave the house just in like sweats and like, uh, like a old t-shirt or like, like slides or something like that, it's because I'm not getting out of my car. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But there's always this mentality of like, Hey, like take a shower every morning, like kind of make your, make yourself presentable because you don't know what's going to happen throughout the day. Right. You don't know what first impressions you're gonna make. You don't know what opportunities you're gonna get don't throughout know who the day. You're gonna meet. You don't know who you're gonna meet. It's been years since we've felt <laughs> that way. But <laughs> um, so it's just one of those things where you know you have to kind of approach everything just like, hey, you know, like you never you never know what's gonna come of this. Um, uh, either pat yourself on the back where you're at because you're because you're you know you're alive and surviving. And if you don't feel like you want to pat yourself on the back, then you should at least encourage yourself and be like, all right, there's a really, I'm, I'm laying down, like this is where I can start laying down the groundwork to like where I want to go or where, where I want to be. Yeah. Cause I actually do remember having like talking to myself on some of our early tours and just knowing be like, and being like, this is okay. This is okay. Like we're, 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 we're still building our name. It's going to be like this, but, you know, we're if we can make one fan tonight, then we've improved our band. You know, if we can, you know, hopefully we get tighter. You know, playing. You know, I don't know. I, I was I felt like I was I was pretty good like in the in the bad <laughs> or like the bad tours and the early tours to kind of have hope and be like, it's not going to stay this way. At least yeah. I really hope it <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was I was the opposite. Like I look back and I I wish. I wish I had the mentality that I have now. Should have toured with us more. <laughs> like I, I, I fully like, I fully bought into like you know, the whole fake it till you make it type thing. And then I just was upset that things weren't wouldn't be going like or you you know bad turnout whatever yeah. the case may be like fuck you know, and and I would let all that shit stress me out and you know I th- our band Emir was so good at being like. We've played in front of nobody in Riverside. Yeah. We get to do it now in a different state. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. You know? And so that was cool. It's like, hey, well, you know, <clears throat> we're at a new place and there's only 10 people here. It's fine. So uh, that being said, after so much time off, despite having the love for it, where did you find your energy to focus it into the new music? Um, well, like a, I've kind of answered this before where... You know, I had to, I was excited just to have new music because I've, I've, I've always had stuff I want to say. Yeah. And I definitely had it coming to, 
I knew we were like going into like riding mode for reals. Um, but I, I gave myself, I had to be like selective, right? So I like during my Thanksgiving break, which was a week. And then my, th- and then, uh, my Christmas break, which was two weeks. Those are like when I would really allow myself to like get into like the writing of it and like allow myself to do like, you know, post from the MBR page or like as silly as that sounds, but like being able to like do that and like talk to people more, uh, from like, like under, under MBR, if that makes sense. I don't know. But, um, I was excited. I was, always, I was, I was always excited. And then, but once it became like, once I knew it was like real and like, we were actually like, like music was coming in for like, you know, for whatever the project, whatever, whatever it was going to be EP or, or album. Uh, I was, I was excited and I had, uh, you know, especially for the, the time that I put aside for that, which was <laughs> my Thanksgiving break and yeah. my Christmas break. I remember you being, uh, yeah, a little torn because you're like, oh, this is like, like the, the new music sounds so cool, but I can't do anything right I, I now. I can't like, do it right now. I can't, I, I can't spare the like brain power to, to focus on this right now. It sounds so crazy back thinking back on it now. Cause like stepping back, I'm kind of like, well, I feel like I could have been able to write. No, like I know myself and I'm thankful that I was able to like create those, those boundaries pretty early on with yeah. the guys too. Cause they didn't push me. <coughs> that was good. Um, all right. So question from Abel, do you get nervous performing and then how do you manage to go with the music? So, uh, no, I don't get nervous. I get excited. And I heard that really? that's actually the thing. Like, You have no nerves at all? Mm-mm. Interesting. I, if anything, I get, if, I, if, if I get nervous, it's because I'm sick. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my voice might crack tonight or something. Yeah. But as far as, like, even, even, like, when MBR was awful in high school, like, even when we were so bad... I always had this attitude, like I kind of had an attitude of like, I'm, I'm happy to be playing. Yeah. Like I'm excited to play. And then, uh, as you know, as we kind of the later years and then we started to have like, like our lyrics had a little more substance to them. And I felt like we actually had things to say. Then it almost became, became like, uh, it wasn't really nervous. I was just like, I was excited to share our music. I was excited right. to like do this. And I think that also comes from, uh, like so I'm a big believer in practice. And so in sports, same thing. I, I was never really nervous in sports. Like I was never, you know, like I could be that kid in the ninth inning, you know, two outs or whatever. Like, and I'm like, yeah, give me like I'll bat. Yeah. Like I want to bat right now. Or like, or, you know, hit the, hit the ball to me. Like hit the ball to me. Like I'm, and it's because I would practice like crazy, yeah. you know? And so when you practice, it's, you're, pre, you know, you're prepared. So there's nothing, you know. Nothing new should really happen, you know? And so when it came to music, like MBR, we used to practice like crazy. Martin, I've I've probably said this before. Martin, oh, you've experienced it too. (laughs) I forget that. (laughs) So Martin, Martin, uh, Martin plays drums in torture, torture culture as well. So I, they got to, they get to experience this, but. Well, he doesn't play with us fully. He played on the record. He's not committing. But. My best friend. For. Not committing. (laughs) For no, for no bragging rights practices when Martin joined the band. And it's just one of those things where like no one no one ever questioned it. It was just what we did and it was yeah. Martin. If we're playing a song and we mess up, we stop and we start all over. We go completely to the beginning. We don't oh let's, let's take it from that second chorus. Or you know what? Hey, let's take it from the end of the verse. No. Yeah. 
like Mar- and without like Martin doesn't even there's never a discussion. It was just like, all right, let's do it again. Yeah. Like oh, which I completely oh, agree with though. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh and so just in general, no brand practices like when, in between tours or before we started touring like heavily, we used to practice a ton. And then uh and then, you know, and then like as as we started to tour more, maybe we didn't practice as much, but it's like we were playing the same But you're songs. playing, yeah the same set every night. Yeah. And so, you know, there was no, there was no, uh, you know, I, and, and I prepared from like on my, from myself on my end, I would prepare, I, I would run and I would do all my warm ups every day. I was doing something vocally so that when tour started, I was ready to go. And so, um, yeah, I never, I never got nervous. I was just like, it was like, I was, I was just excited. I was like, you know, I was ready, ready to do it. You know, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'll be excited in March. Like, I feel, I don't think I'm, I'll be, I don't think I'll be nervous for that reason. I think I'll, I'll be excited. I, I, I feel excited. There's always the way it goes with me. I'm excited all the way up until the, um, like five minutes right before we go on. And it's always been like this, like that, that five minutes where I'm like, get warmed up and then like get ready to go on. Mm-hmm. That's when like, like the nerves kick in. And it's like a, I think it's an anxiety thing. Like I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, that's where, that's where like I, <clears throat> that, but, yeah. but the second, the second, like, Full yeah, that yeah. first note hits, I'm, I'm golden, but yeah. it's, it's that like five minutes in between where like you're, you're walking on stage or everybody's like getting, you know, plugged in or just getting ready. And that's, that's for me where like, I feel nervous always. Hmm. Like, even if I'm like fully practiced, even if I'm like, we've got this, like, I feel nervous. I I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a lifelong anxiety thing or not. Did did you have like a set way of how you prepared before each set? Mm, Yeah. 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 For me, a lot of what would also not allow me to get nervous was like, I knew like I have an, an hour before I set, I would give, it's like when I start to like, I go through like the same routine. Like I make my way to the, if I know I can warm up in the green room, then yeah. I'll like make my way to the green room. If I can't, I have to find like some like obscure corner. Oh, I would like room. go to the van, like just, the yeah. Van. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, so I would just, I have my routine. I would like, I did my stretches were the same every tour i'd stretch the same way i would do the same vocal boring vocal warm-up but once i got through it that was even more of like a confidence thing like i was like okay i'm ready like, yeah I'm, I'm good to go yeah so thank you abel for the question uh back to more brad questions mm-hmm. um how do you switch gears between essentially a life of touring and then being home working uh, it got easier for me. Uh, for me personally, it got, it got easier um, as we started to wind down. Like before we even knew we were going to do a hiatus or any, any of that stuff. Uh, I was able to work at the coffee shop uh, in between tours. And it was kind of weird coming back. Uh, like that adjustment was like weird just because like my sleep was off. <laughs> um, like... I had to like get back into like getting used to being on the you know coffee shop environment, and I was still like getting used to like my coworkers. Um, 
but then like later on after I'd done it, like I think like two years or whatever, uh, coming back from tour, it was almost nice. Cause I, I like looked forward to working. I looked forward to being at the shop. Uh, I looked forward to like hanging out with my coworkers. Um, so yeah, so work, work was nice. It was just, it was, uh, I don't know. I genuinely liked the coffee shop environment and everything, especially my shop that I worked at. Um, so yeah, that adjustment wasn't too, it wasn't too terribly bad. It was, uh, I felt like it was pretty kind of, I felt like it was quick for me. Like I think we mentioned like in our, one of the other podcasts, how it's like just adjusting what's touring stock completely yeah. and having it back into like, you know, like this is what my life is now. You know, I had a lot of, a lot of, you know, uh, growing pains and that, but, um, I felt like I adjusted pretty quickly. So Brad has so many questions that I actually kind of want to save some of these for next week also. Uh, so we're going to jump around, but, um, so we got a question from, from Mojo Joseph from Joseph, um, which by the way, we know that Joseph just lost his father. His yeah. father just passed away. So, um, dude, we're, you know, really, really sorry to hear that. We, I know that's not, it's not an easy, it's not an easy scenario. It's not an easy situation. Mm -mm. Um, but so he asked, and this kind of ties in how, how, and what song do you use as a coping mechanism? Um, and he said that you wrote to accept the passing of a loved one. So I don't know if he means an MBR song that you wrote or, um, or maybe I'll even, I'll kind of extend his question. Sorry. But like, is there a go-to song that you listen to? Um, of NBR? Uh, just in general. Like, for loss? I would say NBR for, lo for loss and then also a song in general that's non-NBR. Well, I mean, for loss, I've, so I wrote a song called More Than Just Goodbye, which is about my grandmother. And so that was like, that was like helpful for me, like as a way of coping too. I remember when it came out. Um, uh, like on the new album, obviously, like we have our song The Weight, which is, you know, I wrote that for a friend that we had lost. And also, you know, a song like that, I kind of have in mind the friends that we've lost, before, you know, like a lot, you know, we've, I've lost several friends now since, you know, my time in doing music, since losing Will. Um, and so, but a song, like a song that I would, tr I would turn to for like not MBR for a loss. Um, it's a tough question because I, hard, I don't man. know that I could I don't think I could pinpoint uh, like one song yeah I don't know I feel like because it's weird right because I feel like if I'm grieving and I'm and I and it, if I even want to listen to music I don't know if I if I'm going to want to like to try, try to get something that'll like okay I was, I'll say this there there is a song that I kind of will use to kind of make me it's almost like it gets me back to like almost like getting your priorities right or like perspective right and it's from the band conditions and it's the song when it won't save you and like that's a song that i i've, I've found myself like looking for and i'm like i need i feel like i need to hear this song um there's a couple there's a there's a song by ignite called slow down 
And that one, that one always, I feel like it's another one of those songs I kind of like when I'm feeling, I don't know, if I'm feeling down or whatever it is, like that's a song I'll kind of look for. Or I feel, if I feel like tense or like stressed out or super anxious, Slow Down is a song I'll, 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 I remember, like I'll look for to play. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's like a lot. There's like a lot, and there's also <clears> like, I don't think there's like a certain song that I kind of. For for me, um, I've always kind of, and it's not really necessarily for loss, but it's kind of applied across the board to whenever, like you said, kind of like bringing you back to mm. um, priorities and stuff like that. For me, it was always um, city and color coming home because mm. it was always just the, you know, like the I like the idea of whether you're touring, no matter what the situation is, whether you're traveling, like finding that home space. And I always kind of related it to like finding my center, like no matter where I was at or what I was doing. Um, and, and also because with, with that song I, for so long, because as a, so as a kid, I guess let's go a little bit deeper into backstory and stuff. I was born in California, but I've, moved everywhere all over the place um, especially all over the south tennessee south carolina uh georgia up to connecticut back down to georgia you know like i, like, I was the new kid in school every year essentially yeah. so like from six until basically from six until high school i was always the new kid so it was just i got so used to always being on the move that like it felt weird to stay in one place mm. for a long period of time so then when it came to like coming back out here and then like getting into a band and like playing music and stuff like that. Like that all felt so natural to just be like, cool. Yeah, let's go. Like, you know, uh, like I, I had so many different apartments, so many different places just because it was like, Oh cool. Yeah. All right. New year, move, move, move. Um, and so like when I would hear coming home or even that whole city and color record, like, like I, it was just like this idea of like, okay, finding home and then not in a sense of like, you know, four walls and like, you know, a place to live, but like just f basically finding my center type thing. So I think for me, that was probably always, um, you know, you know, what's, what's funny about that song is I, I <laughs> when I hear that song, it's me in a different way. Uh, I remember being at the coffee shop and this was like three years into like no bragging rights, like not touring anymore. And that song came on and I, and the line, uh, I never take any pictures because I know I'll just be right back. Yeah. It like started to haunt me because I was just like, I started to like think about like, yeah. Because I, I definitely, there was times when I was like, you know, like anything, like, you know, like small things were like, oh, ah, I don't have to go eat there. Like, we're going to, we'll be back, I'm sure, like next year. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like that, you know, <clears throat> um, very few times where I felt like oh, I should probably, it's when I got like a better phone too. And I was like, I should probably like try to take pictures because maybe this isn't going to be a forever thing, which is weird to think. In the middle of touring, but which is kind of a side tangent. I'm really bad with like taking pictures. I'm stuff. too. Like I'm like there's there's huge pieces and chunks of like my life where there's just no photos. Like I could tell you stories and I would have no evidence no. to like back it up just because I don't know. I, I even like even my family. Like I don't I don't think we kept like family photo albums stuff like that. Like like my the extended family has photos and stuff, but for us, it's never like a really big thing. So, which is probably for me, it's probably because my mom is like opposite. My mom is like, 
<laughs> takes a million pictures of everything, documents everything. And so I think part of me like kind of started to do that maybe towards the end, but yeah. I don't know. I just, when I think about that, when I hear that song, I always think of like, Oh, did I take, did I, I should have done this more or I should have saved this from tour or I should have, I don't know. Yeah. It, it puts me in a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's crazy. The, the way music will hit people completely differently. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, okay. So we had a question from weirdo. Do you have any tattoos, Mike? <laughs> so this is, this is a, a, my, I don't have any tattoos. I, I, I don't, have you ever publicly talked about why? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think like very few. Yeah. <laughs> I think of like, I've had this conversation with very few people. So, uh, I've, I've been in like, I've listened to punk rock. Like punk rock was like I, my favorite type of music when I was 10 years old. That's when I, Bought my first Green Day CD, and I figured out they were a punk band. So anyway, so punk rock, and I remember thinking like, I want to get tattoos. It's because like uh, I thought they looked so cool, like on Rancid. Yeah. I remember seeing them, like, oh my gosh, they looked so rad. And so, uh, so I always thought I was gonna get tattoos. So when I was like, I don't even know how old I was, not not eighteen for sure. But like what was six, 17, 16 years old, um, there's this band that I heard and they were fast and they were rad. Like they moved really well on stage and stuff. Um, they carried themselves almost like, like before it was cool to be in a pop punk band and carry yourself like in, you're in a hardcore band. This band did it. And I remember thinking like, dude, they're, this, they're fast. These guys are super punk rock. I'm going to get, I'm going to get their band initials tattooed on my calves. That's like, and and I'll maybe, maybe I'll put like flames around them or something. <laughs> and so, mind you, this much this would have been this thinking was probably like 2000, 2001 maybe. And so, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get A N F G on the back of my of my calves for a newfound glory. Yeah, because that's what they were called. Well, I don't know. Six months later, they dropped their first like big album, and. And it was like super radio. It was like yeah. poppy. Yeah. It was good. But at the same time, I was just like. It wasn't what you fell in uh -uh. love with at first. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So, cause, and, and once when they were like on like the radio and on MTV and stuff, I was just like, oh my. Because, so that was already in high school. This was happening. So by high school, I was already kind of out of like mainstream stuff. I still like Green Day and I still like Blink and, you know, but. I definitely was more into like more like underground, like punk rock stuff. And so it just like shook me in my core that not also other sound changed, but they just went by, they dropped the A in their name and they started just going by newfound glory. glory. Yeah. And so that like, yeah, that like shook me cause I, cause I was like, dude, things change and they yeah. can change fast. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, well, dang, what if I would have like been able to have that tattoo then I'd be stuck with this tattoo of like the band that doesn't even go by that name anymore. Like six <laughs> with months flames ago. around it. <laughs> Probably stars. Who knows? You know, I'm a product of my time. Yeah. Um, and so like, it sounds, it, I, I wish it was much deeper than that, but that literally is what's kept me from getting tattoos was cause I just realized like, Oh, like things change and they can change quickly. Right. And so, 
And then also, uh, as I got like much older, like like when I was like probably in the later years of touring with MBR, uh, we'd have I'd have tattoo friends that were just like, dude, uh, like let me let me reserve your back, you know, if you get tattooed, or like let me I'll do let me reserve your chest and I'll I'll get your chest when you, whenever you want to do it, or you know. And I just started thinking like, dude, I'd rather just have paintings, and I just put those in my house, like yeah. my tattoo ideas. I'd rather have them as paintings. So. Um, I haven't gone around to that, but I feel like I need to now, now that I've said it. Um, and I can actually afford to, <laughs> to, pay, to pay dude and for, yeah, tattoo ideas, yeah. but as paintings, uh, cause I don't, I mean, now I just don't even want tattoos, but, uh, I think at this point you've come, you've gone so long without tattoos that like to, to blemish your skin. And this is coming from somebody who is tattooed. To blemish your skin at this point seems like blasphemy. Dude, I will say this. <laughs> I've never shared this out loud. But I had a dream. Not very long. Not long. Maybe it might have been, like, I guess, a year ago now. Mate, if that. I had a dream that my brother had got, got like, just, like, a like a half sleeve or whatever. Yeah. And I remember just being, like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm, like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. You know, I got it. For, I got it for. Uh, I got it for grandma and then for for mom and dad. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, are you serious? And it looked cool. Yeah. On my brother. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh fuck, maybe I can, should I get one then? Should I get matching <laughs> ones? But even in my dream, I didn't get it. Even though I thought it looked really cool, my brother, my brother would never get, <laughs> would never get tattooed. He'd never get tattooed. But in my dream, I was just so like, I couldn't believe it because he got, and it looked cool in, the, in my dream. And so I was like. Shit, should I do that too? <laughs> but I did it in my dream, and I have it in person. And I, I think at this point, and and it's funny that you mentioned band tattoos because I I have no bragging rights lyrics tattooed on me. He sure does. Which we I don't really think about a lot, <laughs> to be honest. Every, day. every now and then, I'm Shit. like, oh yeah. <laughs> I get, like I sometimes I completely forget, but it's not. It's a very obscure. You know. It can mean anything. Nothing. On on to glory, on to death, both fine by me. It sounded it sounded really cool, really tough at the time. Is that nearly traitor? Yeah. 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 So yeah. <laughs> Things change and then and then you become embarrassed by this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh dude, I mean, and also I <laughs> I don't mean to shit on Martin or or Ryan, but like some of the tattoos they got on tour made me very happy that I was a gay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what you got. Okay, cool. I am I'm, I'm very um, I'm very much the guy that gets like buyer's remorse a lot because I just do stuff like on a whim. <laughs> and when it comes to like tattoos, like I I had to strongly fight all my urges to just get every tattoo that I ever thought of. Cause I would be blasted right now, but there's a reason I'm not. It's because, well, one, like I, I've been wanting to get ta tattoos since I was a kid. I remember even asking my dad at like six, like, I want to get like a, a dude playing basketball, like on my shoulder. My dad's <laughs> like, no, you're an idiot. Like just, oh, but, um, but like I was broke, right? Like you're, you're broke. You can't afford to pay for stuff. Like, and for me, like I pretty much was out living on my own as early as I could. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was always, okay, now I got to pay bills. And you, you're working shit jobs. You're not making a lot of money. So like I didn't, it's not like 
I lived at home, didn't have to pay rent and stuff, and I could just afford to save, you know, a thousand dollars to go get tattooed. And so it was always like so limited in in the time that I could go get tattooed. And then later on, when I started making money, I'm like, well, there's other more important stuff yeah. that I need to do, like to, to do or take care of, you know. Um, but yeah, so there there was definitely like, and that's another thing too. I'm really picky about. Who tattoos me not not to say i don't have a couple bad tattoos because i'm sure i do um but you know like i i to me when it came to getting tattooed i never wanted to have like that buyer's remorse of like oh, this is on me like forever you know another thing too and i and i i don't like i'm not saying this is something like oh like i wouldn't want to but like i i always if it would feel weird for me to not pay somebody like a lot to give them to do a tattoo because i right like it, it's. I think it's rad that like people want, are willing like, to do it for free. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's cool, but it's like at the same time it's like, dude, like this, this is like art. Like this is your art. Yeah, you know. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, tattoos, <clears throat> they're cool. I don't have any. <laughs> um. Okay, let's see. Let's pick another couple here. So, uh, Abel, um, have you ever cried while singing a song that hits your soul? Yeah. I and mean, just leave it at that. Okay, next question. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. uh, I've, you know, I've gone to during uh, like a lot of actually, like truth be told, uh, like Hope Three was really hard for me first like couple years of of that. Um, pretty, I mean, actually, pretty much, yeah, pretty much when that came out because like Will had passed away, and so it's almost it's hard. It's very hard to not think about that. And then what made that song even harder for me was that it didn't just become Will anymore. It started to become other people that I knew that were struggling or it became people that, you know, we we would we lose, you know. And so that song, it almost got worse for me. Yeah. As as a even though it's supposed to be like a uplift, you know, like a, you know, bright days are coming and stuff like that. It was hard. It's really hard for me because I put myself like I'm a it's it really hard for me to like, to, like to ju- I can't just do something. I have to connect to it. Something super hard. And it was that song. I feel like got harder for me. So, yeah. We had, and, and it's sad that I can't, I can't remember the name of the, of the songs on my own record, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's on the creative Void Spotify. Right now. I'm literally on creative Void Spotify right now because I can't remember the name of the song. There was one song. Um, Gotham. Hmm? Gotham. No, 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 no. It was, um, I think it was Nice Choice, Nice Life. Um, oh, no, 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 nothing to lose. There's mm-hmm. nothing to lose. Um, was about um, a friend of ours who used to play in a band with me before Creative Void, mm-hmm. who was just like spiraling and going down this path of like, you know, it was one of those cases where, this is somebody that's so close to you and it's your friend and like, you know, at the same time they're harming themselves. They're putting themselves in like the worst situation, knowingly putting themselves in the worst situations. Yeah. And, um, you know, just like, like fully taking advantage of everybody around them because of the situation that they were in. Right. Um, and then to the, to the point where like the depression, like, attempted suicide the de- the depression was so bad and i remember writing that song and you know i wrote it and just thinking like okay 
you know, it's like, this is what it is. But then I remember getting really emotional playing that song live. Yeah. And, and him being there mm. and him knowing that it was about him mm. and like having this moment between the two of us, like nobody else was in on, nobody else knew. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like I couldn't, like I was trying so hard to keep it together and I couldn't. Um, and then I, and then it, what's crazy now is like years and years later and he's thriving. Awesome. Dude. And he like, he hit me up, um, a couple months back straight up out of nowhere hit me up and and was just like hey you know i want to apologize to you and just like just went down the list of like all these things and he's like i like looking back i like i took full advantage of the scenario i took full advantage of the situation like you were you were doing everything you could to help me and i didn't give a shit like like it was like it caught me so off guard that i was like oh like (laughs) fuck man like you know um but yeah i just i remember at that time i was just like like there was only so much more that I could do to try and help this situation, to try and help you, to try and be there for you. And like, you know, obviously at this point, like the suicide attempts and stuff like that didn't thank God didn't take, didn't work. But at the same time, you're like, dude, you're like, you're, you're literally killing yourself. And what, what can I do? Like what else can I do? You know? So, yeah, there's definitely been I don't know I knew, emotional I think I, times. I think I knew that about the song, but I didn't know you guys had that moment. Like I'm doing it live. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just definitely like a weird, weird thing. <laughs> um, all right, got a couple more. Uh, question from Ty. This is actually this is actually a good question. Um, if you could narrow it down to three, what three things have you learned from your parents? Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> what three things have I learned from my parents? Um, uh, my mom, I guess both of them, but, you know, my mom is always so big on be kind to everybody. Like, and then she'd use, she'd always, like, I guess my grandpa used to say, like, um, be kind to people as you're climbing up the ladder, because if you fall, those are the people that can either catch you on your way down, or they'll watch you fall, because you, they, because you didn't help them, or whatever, you know, so, I think just, like, trying to be, trying to be kind to people, so I always learn from my parents, or learn from my mom, uh, my dad, just being patient, and just, like, I mean, his was always like, you know, be patient. God has a plan. You know, even if you don't see it working, it's happening. Uh, but also just, just patience in general is always is something that's uh, been really helpful in my life for just with music, my, you know, current job. and So kindness, patience. Um, what's another thing? Be know. extra with everything that you do. Yeah. <laughs> Be extra with decorating. Uh, Be extra um, with everything in your life. Because it makes everyone around you happy. Um, you know what? I think uh I think something that they've kind of both put in me is just 
kind of like invest in yourself or like it's okay to invest in yourself basically. And I really got that more obviously after, you know, going back to school and all that stuff and debt. But it's like, you know, but then they're always really encouraging. Like, you're like, you know, you're, this is an investment in yourself. Like you're gonna, you know, this is, it's worth it if it's on you kind of thing. So I kind of felt that with music, with no bragging rights too. Like I felt like anything I did for the band, I felt like it was worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, investing in myself, patience, and I guess just be, just try to be like kind to others or be good to others. Yeah. But yours. So for me, um, my, a lot of it was from my dad and, um, with him, it was a lot of like, so when I was a kid, um, <clears throat> it wasn't, <laughs> I always tell my dad this, it wasn't until after I got like, uh, essentially kicked out of the house and, and, <laughs> you know, um, that was when, when, um, I started to realize, uh, kind of like the reality of what it, like what my childhood was and like when we were moving around why we were moving around and stuff like that. And one of the big things that I learned from my dad, um, like he, he was always, always like kind of on his grind. Right. Um, so he was just like, he wouldn't, when I was a kid, he would always make sure that like I had everything I needed. Um, even if that meant, and I, and I didn't really put the pieces together and learn this until later on. But like, even if that meant that like the, the old Isuzu rodeo that we had sitting in the driveway that needed to be repaired, wasn't going to get repaired because I had stuff that I needed for school or something like that. Right. Like to the point where, where, um, you know, he was always trying to provide like the best possible life that he could give me. Um, and so seeing, you know, and I like, I can't tell his, I can't tell his story because it's not my place to tell his story, mm-hmm. but seeing and knowing now everything that he went through to build himself from where he was, even at the time when like I was a kid and born to where he is now, like has just been this constant like grind and work mm-hmm. and, and work ethic and seeing that and especially when I got older and like really taking a step back and looking at it, like that was one of the biggest things was just like, you know, never was just to never stop working. Mm. Right. Like, like, you know me now, like I'm always scheming, like, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, we can do this. This is the idea. You know, master, like, He's got so, and, and I got a lot of that from him. Like it was always this constant growth and progression and just learning and keeping that mentality. Um, you know, and then, um, I even talk about it in, uh, in rat race on the, on the creative void record. There's that line, um, stay on your grind son every day. 24 hours is what it takes. Like that was literally a like reference to my dad being like, you know, it's just, you have to constantly work. And I think just applying that to, um, everything else. Another thing that I, I got from him was like, you know, we grew, I, like you, I grew up in the church, right? My grandfather was like a very well-known 
Adventist pastor, especially in the Filipino community. Um, but for me, I was like for the first part of my life, I was raised in the church. And then when I got older and we started moving around, my dad kind of instilled this like, look, you're going to develop your own faith, your own relationship, your own um, ideals and beliefs and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we're not going to force you to do anything or be somebody like you just you're, you're going to develop that relationship yourself. And <clears throat> it's kind of been it's kind of been like a nice experience to be open minded to things, because then, you know, like we have friends that are Catholic. We have friends that are Christian. We have friends that are like, yeah, God's like the Easter bunny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so like you have so many different ideals and, and everything. And then like, I even remember, and this is like the times that we grew up in and then like growing up in the South, right? Like I still remember, um, like there was still like, there was still, there was still racism, right? Back in the day. And then being in the South, being the only Filipino kid in the South, being the only, um, <clears throat> like, I think there were two Filipino kids in Georgia when I was in high school. And I, I remember the, the second kid coming to the school and I was like, who are you? Like, who, who's this other Filipino guy that's, that's joining the school? Why are you here? Hold on a second. I'm supposed to be the only one. Um, but I, I still remember like my, my dad kind of instilling in me, like, like, yo, don't, don't ever look at anybody differently. You don't ever treat anybody differently. Don't ever, um, you know, look at anybody like they're less than you, you know, like, and taking away all of those, like, I guess, like, racist tendencies that you would come across in the South. Um, and that, to me, was like a big, kind of like a big deal and a big turning point for me, too, because I remember being a kid and being like, um, <clears throat> I want to say I was like seven or eight years old. And my dad was working, my mom was working, and somebody needed to pick me up from school. And I'll never forget this dude, uh, like this this big, big, like like player black dude named Mandel, picked me up from school in this old school uh, Cadillac, like El Dorado. And that's how I got into like R&B music and shit. Because my dad trusted this dude, like, hey, pick my son up from school, like take him home or whatever. And that's that's how I got into like army and hip hop and all that shit. It's because of that experience. It's yeah, it's, it's kind of like weird and wild to think about. <laughs> and while, and while Mike refills his water cup, we just got a group message, uh, on the message with myself, Martin and Mike of Martin sending spooky posts on TikTok. <laughs> it looks like it's some sort of a uh, scary video of a guy laying in bed, probably being messed with by ghosts. <laughs> Los, what was it? Los spookies. Los spookies. That's cool. Um, Okay, and then uh, let's do this this last question, and then we're gonna save the rest for next week, so we don't go too long. And this is another one from Ty, but I, but I think this was gonna spark conversation. 
What's the first song you learned to play on guitar? And what's the story behind it? Oh, okay. So this, I know the first song I learned on guitar, at least correctly, like all the way through. And it's because, so I took, I took guitar lessons and I was only in it for about a month, which, uh, anyway. So the song that Ryan Sievers and I both learned at the same time, because we both took lessons. Ryan Sievers is our original bass player. Uh, we learned, um, Offspring, All I Want. Okay. And I think I had already kind of maybe maybe I'd learned like kind of learned by ear other songs by then, but that was the first time where I was like, like I learned like he showed me what the chords were, I knew what I was playing, and I remember thinking, okay, I I got it like I knew like power chords and stuff for that song. Uh, it was also very difficult for me to be like shown how to do it and stuff. And I just remember thinking at that moment, and I remember Ryan Sievers like picking it up like that, yeah. Like, and his parts were harder. And then I just remember thinking, like, man, Ryan's gonna be really good at bass. I'm not gonna be good. At <laughs> like, I just remember having like, and I know it sounds like this is like literally like like my first my first like real lesson, and I just remember thinking like, dude, like this is, I'm okay, if if, if like I learn I like okay I got it. I struggled. I figured it out. I can. I, I can play this. I think. I think this is okay. If I if I stay at this at this at this rate, I have I have what I need that I think I can go and try to write a song now. Yeah. Like that's how I. That's like that was like my thinking, and so I think that's why I didn't stay in, in my lessons. I should have. I would have been. <laughs> I would have been a, a good guitar player. But I remember walking away from that and just being like, okay, Ryan Sievers is gonna be great at bass. And hopefully I can write music. <laughs> like I'm not gonna be a good, a good guitar player because I like struggle to learn all I want. And then, but I think it was good because I from there I was just like, okay, I, I can. I think I know. I think I have. I think I know more or less what I can do to write songs now. So, which I, I'm sure we've talked about. Cause we're ten episodes deep at this point, but a, a lot of people probably don't know or don't realize that you played guitar oh, yeah. for No Bragging Rights <laughs> in the beginning. Like, and then at some point it was like, okay, I got to pass off the, the reins here. Yeah. It's Jose Mendoza on drums, Ryan Sievers on bass, and then me on guitar. We're just three piece pop punk band, uh, like ska pop punk band. Um, yeah, I wrote, I worked, I wrote pretty much everything until I gave up guitar, which was like 2004. Like basically when, when Chris joined the band, when Chris Williams joined the band, I kind of, had already started to like give up guitar. So I, I just realized that like, he writes like cooler stuff <laughs> than I do. So I'm like, that's fine. I don't need, as long as I can write lyrics, I'm fine. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, 2004, I think is when I stopped playing guitar. So I only really played, I guess, for like, what, five years, four years, 99, 98, I guess, technically. See, I think my, the first thing, the first thing I ever, Learned to play on guitar. I want to say was something like, like, like I was determined to learn how to play that um, that riff uh, from "Sweet Child of Mine," Guns and Roses. Really? Yeah. Wait, did you? Did you? Uh, I I was I, not cleanly, but I learned how to play it, Dang. and then I and then after that, I just learned the chords, how to play the song. But um, yeah, I remember. 
my first guitar was a BC Rich Mockingbird. You remember those like metal guitars that like yeah. weren't comfortable to hold <laughs> sitting down, like you had to stand up. Uh-huh. My first guitar was a BC Rich Mockingbird, and then I was determined to like learn Sweet Child of Mine. Sick. And then like because because I grew up when I first got into like rock and roll and stuff, it was all like like classic, you know, like classic rock, ACDC and like uh, Guns N' Roses mm. and um, The Eagles, uh, Eric Clapton. Like I really wanted to learn how to play Layla, but pff, that wasn't happening at that, at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like I, you know, I that's that's what got me started essentially and then can you play like like church chords well and stuff uh i mean i don't play guitar enough anymore to like i mean yes Mm -hmm. um but like i don't like there's four guitars in this house and i touch them once a month maybe you know what i mean dude i never i never really learned to play a church like i i can play like i know i know what they are i know like a ge and yeah like i know i pretty much know them I just never play them ever. Yeah. I always did power chords. Yeah. And like the big dip, like, so and I think like, so punk rock, if, if you're, if you're learning your instrument, like, like punk rock is, is nice for a guitar cause you can learn it like that. Yeah. But you're going to stay there. Cause there's like very few punk bands that like, at least that I was into where like the guitars don't really do much. Like I could just play fast. That's all I could really do. I could do bar leads here, here and there. And like maybe like quick little riffs. But then it's like I'm learning, you know. I could be learning, uh, you know, uh, what was that song? Um, Long way or long mm-hmm. view, long view from uh, uh, Green Day. Mm-hmm. And on guitar, that's you know, it's super easy. Whereas on bass, it's like this really cool bass line, yeah. and you have to like know what you're doing. You know what I mean? So it's just like I don't know. Like I learned. You know, I remember even like later on, like towards the end of my guitar playing, like I was just getting decent enough to like learn like thrice riffs. Okay. You know? Yeah. But that was like at the end of like my guitar playing. Like I was handing off my guitar by that point. Yeah. And then I was meeting kids that had only been playing for months and they were like riffing, doing solos. And I'm like, what the heck? And it's like, oh, because they were into like Kill Switch and like Adelaide Dying. Yeah, because that's what they were influenced by was yeah. like that riffy stuff. It's, it's funny because um, so the other day, uh, now the band I play in now, like we said, torture culture is a lot more straight hardcore stuff. And because of that, the guitars are really simple, right? <laughs> um, this whole time, like I hadn't, I just didn't think about like ever learning how to play the songs on guitar. Right. I just, whatever. And then me and Martin were just sitting here one day killing time. And I had one of the acoustic guitars. He had the other one. And I was just like, messing around power chords and stuff like that. And then I was like, wait, wait, uh, oh, this is, oh, this is burn. <laughs> like, and then Martin's like, yeah, you just played the whole song. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm just like, oh, wait, now this is, <laughs> this is caged, you know? And I'm just like sitting, I'm like, holy shit, these songs are really easy to play. And Martin's like, yeah, dude, you get the whole record down. <laughs> so, Sick. yeah, I, I keep telling Martin that I want to, I want to pick up a guitar, uh, like a new guitar, and get into just writing again. But Dude, I don't once again, I've, not a great guitar player. I don't think I've ever attempted to really learn an MBR song. Really? Like since I've been out. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, like 
I think maybe like I've kind of like fucked around with like a chorus. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, maybe I've tried to learn a chorus just so I could like, you know, whatever. But to like learn like an actual like MBR but song. Even like with the the acoustic, like the MPHC stuff, you weren't even playing. Were you playing guitar on this? Yeah, I wrote this one. Okay. Chris just made him sound better. Gotcha. <laughs> but live, you wouldn't. You no, wouldn't play. It I live, won't right? play. I won't play guitar. I feel gross. I, I would. I won't play guitar live. Okay. And sing just because like. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I I get thrown off. Yeah. Like so for my acoustic stuff, I I'll write it, and then I'll just, and then I'll show Chris because Chris is basically my, my acoustic guitar player, and so I show it to Chris. And then Chris just like makes it sound prettier. Like he knows how yeah. to, he knows how to play pretty chords. And so, um, yeah, that's yeah, that's about it with my guitar playing. Uh, with Burner State, I've written. <laughs> I have uh, what one one of the songs that we're gonna hopefully record is a song I wrote. It's called "Ticket it Out." It's been it's been uh, it's been chopped up a ton. Uh, I like that song though. It's a fun one, but that was one I, I wrote uh, on guitar, and then we just we all kind of chipped away at it to piece it piece it together better. Um, I think that's it though, as far as Burner State. There's a couple songs I wrote that uh, I, I kind of started to realize, like, think my style for what like I've, there there's a time when we were all trying to figure out like what our style is for, Wh- for which State. is still undetermined. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so like, yeah. The unheard kind of ruins that, I think. Anyways, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really play much guitar anymore. I want to. I want. I really do. I know. I probably like, hold me to this. I think when I start, uh, like after next week, I want to start playing guitar again, just to kind of, even if it's just like for my, even if it's just for my mental health, I want to start playing. Didn't you just get your guitar all tuned up and fixed up too? You're ready. You have my cab. I have your little... Yeah. <laughs> my cab? Your cab. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this, Mike. <laughs> my cab, my Mike amp. is referencing a little... My amp, I meant. <laughs> a little uh, eight-inch Black Star combo amp. <laughs> like, it's like this big. It's like the size of a lunchbox. <laughs> it's a lunchbox. It's a lunchbox that makes sound. Yeah, I do. I have ear. My amp. Your amp. <laughs> You're uh I got your half stack in the garage. We're good to go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so small. It thing have you heard it though? No, because I don't have the power adapter. Chris didn't have the adapter for it. Wow, oh, Chris. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go buy one. <sighs> but that being said, on that note, we'll cut it off here. We do have some other questions that you guys submitted. We're gonna go ahead and uh save those for next week. Yeah. Um so if you didn't hear your question this week, we'll get to it next week. Um, that being said, once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys made it this far and you guys listened, what did we say last week? Oh, shoot. I don't think we checked it. I don't think anybody hit us up anyways. Yeah. Nobody made it through oh, that. Nobody made it through the Spider-Man. That two and a half hour <laughs> Spider-Man conversation. Um, <clears throat> uh, I wanted to do this. One of the reasons I was excited to do the intro was because I was going to say what I'm about to say at the beginning, which is... You know, if you're if you're listening to this on you know wherever you're you're listening to us, uh, if you can write if if the writing review feature is available, please write a review. Mm-hmm. If you're watching this on YouTube, 
please like it and then uh you know just subscribe to us that'd be that would be helpful um what other things what, what else can people do Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us um, on Spotify. Follow us, Spotify, uh, iTunes, um, any, but essentially anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, subscribe to our OnlyFans. Um, yeah, we we asked. Oh, people, that's what it was. Yeah, we asked people to <laughs> tell us what their favorite link on the link tree was, and uh, a couple people caught our OnlyFans link on there. If not, uh, go check it out. But um, yeah, so we, I mean. The cool thing is, is that like with every episode, we have seen uh, more and more people tuning in. So we know that you guys are telling your friends about us, which is fucking rad. Awesome. Because um, we like we like doing this. We like hanging out with you guys. Um, and I know that we've we've talked about this before, but like we are in the process of kind of building like we want to more than anything. We want to make this like a community. Yeah. Right. We want to make this like like even for those of you that were listening to the live earlier when Mike was on IG live, like we want to set up a place like that. That's kind of, that's available like at all times, right? Like even if we're not on live, the idea is I think we want to set up like a discord community or a discord server so that, um, we can kind of keep that community built and growing. Even like, let's say if we're not on a live stream, even if it's, you know, like maybe I'm in there, maybe, Mike's in there. Maybe neither of us are in there, but you guys are talking to each other. Like that's what we want to build. We want to build just a place for all the homies to hang yeah, out. Time. You know? well, I mean, just, just in the and just in today's life, you know, our buddy, our buddy Joseph had mentioned that he lost his dad, and you know, just seeing people in the live, just yeah, just people jumping reach in out is like sick. Yeah, I miss you that. Know. Um, maybe maybe we can start calling everybody that listens to us our. Uh, our bandit crew. I like that. A little raccoon bandit crew. Bandit crew. You know? I dig it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that being said, thank you guys so much. Uh, I know this was kind of a longer one because we just jumped into questions and probably talked a bunch of nonsense. Mike kept blowing his nose. <laughs> uh, we kept wandering off a little bit. But <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. We love you. Thanks for supporting. Peace. 